Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. Locked in. This is what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. My name is Chris Hamill, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. I personally went from the top of the mountain, achieving everything I ever wanted in my career, in my professional life. I achieved the dream job that I've been wanting since I was 12 years old, and it was ripped away from me by people who, A, didn't deserve to be in their management position in the first place, and B, people who I never should have trusted in the first place. I had the stark reality of... Everything I expected about the radio and broadcasting business be not exactly what I dreamed it would be. And my professional life, my personal life, and my whole entire mental state took a gigantic collapse in 2018 and 2019. I went through a horrendous breakup with my ex at the time in 2018. I lost my job and my career and my and my identity in my career at in 2019 and I had a very bad falling out with my brother and we haven't spoken in over 3 years since then and I contemplated doing some really stupid things to myself because I live right near a train track and I wonder ah is is this going to be the one um but life what I learned about life is life is not meant to be happy. You have to make life happy for yourself. And whatever you need to do to make life happy for you and your loved ones and your family, you need to do whatever you need to do. And quite frankly, fuck anyone else who gets in your way. Chris Samuel, I, I got to tell you, man, I've been having my guests for the past, say about the past year, year and a half, do their own open and do a declaration that really lets our listeners know what type of conversation is about to be had here. And I got to say, I, I can't think of any other open off the top of my head that is as powerful as what you just said there. So kudos to you, bro. That, that was that was oh, inspiration. I, I didn't just do like Dusty Rhodes. This is hot times. Like I didn't just do that. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, you, you, you did that and then some. You did that and then some because it's about the redemption. And I'll tell you, I think I'm like Dolph Ziggler. He's like, it should have been me. Yes. Yes. And he's going to and he's going to inflict everything on the world because it has not been him before. But it damn sure is going to be him going forward. Right. I'm I'm flattered nevertheless. But yeah, you have to just take life by the balls and and ignore anyone that tells you otherwise. If you want to do something, you have your mindset to it. You have to do it. And and. And anyone who wants to get in your way, no matter what you feel about them as a person, you need to just push them aside and and get to what you want to do. You know, we're going to get into what your connection to pro wrestling is. This is a pro wrestling podcast primarily here. But before I even ask you that, talk to me about what has made you happy, what has made you feel good about life. Like, talk to me even over the past week or so, anything. What's been the biggest thing that has made you feel like, yeah, man, this is, you know, things are going very, very well right now? Well, it's 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 little things. So, I mean, Fourth of July was just past Sunday when we went to a fireworks display and uh, the DJ played ACDC in the background as fireworks are going up. So I'm like, oh, that that's that's nice. ACDC goes with everything. So that that was a fun night. 
um, had all the way up to uh, having a great barbecue with friends prior um, meeting with both my parents and, you know, taking them out to dinner and me paying the bill for once because my parents always insist on, on paying for the bill because they invite me out. Covering the bill for your parents is an amazing feeling when you are like, yeah, I can afford to take my parents out to a nice restaurant and treat them for once. So there's those. Um, my current career with photography and audio and video production, I do a lot of really fun things with uh, with digitally creative people. I work with musicians almost every day. And even though drummers can't keep a beat and bass players are are literally the dumbest people on earth, they are the musicians in general are the are awesome people. I'm kidding, by the way, you bass players. Um, musicians are really the coolest people on earth. And I work with an event production company now that does uh, live events, and I work with some national touring acts, and they are the the coolest people um, you can ever meet. And I and I work part time nights during the week at a music venue. And I have a lot of really talented local musicians come through that venue, and a few of them have actually gotten signed and gone, you know, onto greater pasture. And I get to see them develop their sound at the venue I work at, and it's just really cool to feel like you're creating something really great that the people will enjoy, and working with talented people to make that vision come true. And when I'm doing my current day job doing real estate photography. Um, I get to photograph million multi-million dollar homes and I get to see a, I get to practice my photography skills. I get to hone my craft there and that pays the bills to do everything else I want to do for fun. And I've gotten to a point mentally where the, yes, would I love to go back to broadcasting? Of course I would. Um, because I'm a, I'm a psycho like that. I need to, I need to be a, a masochist in that sense with the, with the state of broadcasting, but I miss it. But the, what I do with real estate photography that pays all the bills and then some, and then everything else I do on the side is cake. So I'm doing well enough financially and in my career now where I can be really, I don't want to say content. I don't. That's the wrong word. But I could feel really good about what I do for a living and what I do with my life. So uh, those things make me happy. And of course, above all else, um, I'm in a relationship with the most amazing woman I've ever met, and we've been together for almost two years. And it, it, we haven't had any argument. I just jinxed it now. But we haven't had a single like this is a real relationship fight argument. We get along so well and we are so in sync with one another that it's, it's, it's terrifying to me because I've never had a relationship this good in my life. So career's good. Finances, finances are well, and I am in a wonderful relationship with an amazing woman. So I really have a really good life compared to what I had just three years ago. You know, Chris, that's a laundry list of just positivity. And that, that is so wonderful. I will say though, uh, it doesn't sound like your girlfriend is a wrestling fan because if she was, you'd find plenty to argue about. Oh no, no, no. She can't be bothered with that. I tried <laughs> to get her to go see Top Gun. Ma- I, I tried to get her to go see Top Gun Maverick and she emphatically said, no, fuck Tom Cruise because of his Scientology. But also I don't want to see a stupid airplane movie. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go see the, the dumb zoom, zoom airplane movie. That and that's how we idiotically describe movies to one another. So no, she can't be bothered to watch wrestling. She thinks it's all kind of silly. Which, it, well, let's be honest, it kind of is. Of course it is. That's why we love it so much. Of course it is. And you cracked the code, man. Oh, you know, I go out of my way to to troll her. Like like the other day, I showed her that the whole Mark Henry and May Young with the hands segment, and she, and she looked dumbfounded. She's like, "What? What am I watching? Like what?" <laughs> This, is, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, so I did my best Vince McMahon impression. I'm like, this is good shit, right? <laughs> Listen, man, it's very difficult to explain to the outside world this this thing that we seem to like so much, you know? It's very difficult. I, I grew up res- I grew up with wrestling. Everything is wrestling to me. I try to shoehorn in pro wrestling references every, anywhere I can go. Like, I'm still a fan, even though... Uh, for the past three years, for I guess obvious reasons, I haven't really watched wrestling full time because I, the love just isn't there as much as it used to. But deep down, I know it still is. So it's like I try to, 
you know, incorporate dumb wrestling references with anything. It's it's very easy for me to make a wrestling reference because there's just so much uh, material there to to go with. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and listen, we're we're talking about your wrestling fandom, but you f- will forever be connected to the industry because of your previous line of work there. So, what was your position? What was your connection to pro wrestling professionally? So, uh, yes. So for those of you wrestling fans who are like, who the hell is this guy? I was the associate producer for Busted Open uh, for the time that Alex Metz was the producer of the show. So if you ever hear uh, LaGreca mention him either by Metz or, you know, Dick Eagle, I think they they call him that sometimes. Um, I was the board op slash associate producer. So anytime... LaGreca brought me on the air. He always called me hot take for for some reason, I guess, because I, I my opinions on things go against like the norm. Uh, so he called me hot take. And I occasionally coming back from break would play uh, mashups of metal songs with, you know, Japanese punk songs or whatever to like make the make the um, make the host laugh with whatever dopey mashup I can do. So once in a while I did that. Um, but I also and the reason why I was fired from Sirius, I ran the Busted Open YouTube page. So if you go on YouTube and search Busted Open, uh, all those videos were were from me. So that's my big contribution to the show's uh, legacy and history. When you first started with Busted Open, what was it like? Well, to to get to Busted Open, I we have to rewind a little bit because I worked for Fight Nation, which was the channel that Busted Open is on. And... Before I got assigned to Fight Nation and working underneath the management of Fight Nation, I was working in what the what series calls sports play by play, meaning um, whenever there's a sporting event on that, you know, you can listen to and watch the live score updates on the on your radios. There's a board up there monitoring that game and monitoring the highlights so the sports department can get uh highlights from the game so like if uh Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown or whatever to to Devontae Adams you would get that highlight there's a board up recording CDs and getting those highlights of those games so that was my job prior to getting assigned to Fight Nation but because Sirius would rather pay three part-timers instead of one full-timer there are a lot of part-timers in in play-by-play and only one manager overseeing everything so I wanted to get full time because I couldn't afford uh, $15 an hour at, with 27 to 30 hours a week and commuting with New Jersey Transit and public transport. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pay the bills and, and do all that. So I needed to get full time. So I got in touch with Fight Nation and I got hired it, to Fight Nation, reassigned. I was still part time, but I had set hours so I can now do... Um, other jobs not at Sirius, which is what a lot of people there do. They do they work part time there, and then they work for either other radio stations, other radio companies, or they do other work elsewhere. I had my music production. I had I was recording bands, so I had that, and I also had Sirius. So uh, when I got assigned to Fight Nation, I was working the MMA shows, specifically Luke Thomas's show, and I worked with him for a while and, you know, really honed my craft as a board up because Luke Thomas, for for any of you who ever listened to him, he comes off as one of those types where it's like you either love the guy or you can't stand him because of how uh, I, I guess abrasive is the right word for it. But like the way that he uh, portrays himself, he's either the you love him or hate him type of guy. But he's actually a really nice dude behind the scenes. But anyway. Um, I honed my craft as a board up and an associate producer there. I got to thinking the way Luke would think. And that's how you earn the trust of your host there is you get to do the uh, the board up and board up and getting the audio, making sure that they go on the air and they sound all right. And you earn the trust of your of your talent, which is what if, if you have the trust of your talent, you're golden. So eventually we all knew on Fight Nation that Busted Open was the number one show. And the number one show that, you know, for your career to get noticed on uh, the number one show as far as like not named Howard Stern and NFL radio busted open was the most listened to show in the entire company, Uh, not named Howard Stern and NFL radio. Um, We all knew that LaGreca is really fun behind the scenes, and we all know that he's a really easygoing guy. So he's a talent that we all wanted to work with. And of course, if you're a wrestling fan, getting to work with 
pro wrestlers and getting to work on that show would be a dream. And since me growing up with wrestling, that was my dream. My dream job was to get busted open. Um, so I eventually got to bust it open when the opportunity finally came. I've paid my dues. I've earned my, my, my keep and management gave me the opportunity to work underneath Mets and work with, uh, busted open. And that's how I got on busted open. Sirius XM. What is that? We, we know what radio is. We understand traditional terrestrial radio stations, but this is, this is something else, man. This is XM satellite and all this other you know, cutting edge, top of the line stuff here. For it's, you, what was a typical day like? I mean, Sirius alone is is pretty crazy. Like you, you think of a radio station, it's like oh, a couple of offices and then the radio studio. Sirius has like twenty or thirty of those studios. It, they're, they're all, there's two floors in twelve twenty one. Uh, the building uh, that they're in. It's uh, they have on, on floor thirty six. It's just nothing but studios row upon row of studios where you can walk by and see um you, you can see uh, Opie and Anthony doing their thing you can see uh NFL radio doing their thing you can see NBA radio uh Bravo whatever you can see celebrities walking in and out of studios at any given time during the day so the environment was was is crazy there so like you don't know who you're going to bump into or what's going on at any given time even though you have a set list of things that you do every day for your for your show the environment where like one day I was getting my morning tea and Mick Fleetwood was in, was in the cafeteria. So me being a humongous Fleetwood Mac fan, I, I literally like stopped in my track. I'm like, Oh my God, Holy shit. Mick Fleetwood's right here. So I nervously asked him like to, you know, uh, take a picture. And like, I had to talk about rumors and like, but it was just one of those days that you don't know who you're going to meet. So the environment at Sirius is, wonderful in that sense where if you like the type of environment where you don't know what you're going to encounter every day Sirius is wonderful for that so you have this first floor which is all their studios and then the second floor has like one or two studios but it's that's all where where the offices are that's where all the suits sit that's where you know your management sits and that's where you sit to do your after show work so that's that's the layout of Sirius um a typical day for me would have been Getting up at take finding the the six thirty train to get to the city and my office by seven thirty eight o'clock. Um, busted open would be from nine a.m. to noon. Couple hours of show work after that. I would be out of the building by three four o'clock in the afternoon. And I, if I did shot video that day, I would get home and and edit video until about nine ten o'clock at night. And I would hit the upload and pray that my internet didn't crap out because I have really slow internet where I'm at. And the next morning, the the this video from yesterday's show would be up on the YouTube page. So I'm literally working almost 24-7 for, for this, and I'm finding ways to go to sleep at night. So that would be a typical uh, day. But if you're part-time, you get there an hour before your show goes on the air, and you leave an hour after your show goes off the air. So if you worked like a three hour show you're you have like maybe a five hour day and if you worked a two hour show you'd have a four hour day essentially so you had this job where first of all you're working in in production you know you're doing your thing here what, what were what were your typical duties from a from a general standpoint when we say production what does that actually mean well and and here's where uh people will hopefully understand the the context of my firing my job description is board opping make I'm, I'm sulu i'm i'm running the console i'm i am flying the enterprise in space like i am i'm making sure everything is going over the air the levels are good the hosts sound good and i have all the audio clips on the board that we're going to play for that segment i'm i'm working with the producer who usually sits to the the right they're manning the phones and they're directing the hosts I'm just making sure the ship is 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 sailing because if the ship doesn't sail and there's an error, that's on you. You're you're if it it and it starts with you, uh, if something goes wrong, if you're an AP, so you're commanding the ship, you're board opping, and you're also fetching the audio for the show. So if uh, on a typical Tuesday after Monday Night Raw, for instance, I would come in and I uh, you work a show long enough, you already know what your hosts are going to want. And you just naturally develop that chemistry. So 
I would get a couple of raw clips. I'd get a couple of other clips from a podcast. Like if Jericho said something on his show that that Dave wanted to talk about, I would find the Jericho show and I would get all the all the clips before the show goes on the air. Afterward, they usually release one or two what we call audiograms, which is uh, if you look at uh, the Twitter accounts of any of the uh, Fight Nation shows, it's usually an image with a uh, animated voice wave or whatever with an image behind it and some graphics. Uh, and it's usually like two and a half minutes. We, we put a couple of those out after the show and we usually make a promo for, for the next week. And if Dave set, went on a rant or whatever, I would find creative ways to turn that into something. So Dave likes to sing a lot of the songs and he likes to butcher purposely butcher all the lyrics. So I took a lot of his butcherings of lyrics and I turned it into I'm sure you probably heard it if you listen to the show. I turned into one of those like uh, cheesy 80s compilation CD commercials where it's like, oh, all the classic hits w- like this one and then this one. It would just be clips of Dave butchering songs so that you would you think of creative ways to do that at the end of the shift. And if you're full time, you're on the clock 24 seven, because if Sirius is going to be like, oh, we're paying you a salary, <laughs> you're 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 ours. Essentially, um, if you're part time. You get to leave when your shift's done, your scheduled time, because legally uh, in New York, you cannot work above at the time, at least you can't work above like 30 hours a week without being have to offer mandatory health care for a company serious decides. So Sirius doesn't want to pay health care. So they keep they they cap you at 30 hours a week, 27, actually. So that would be a typical uh process of what my day would be like as far as like what I do during a day. And of course, uh, doing the video, it never became part of my actual job description, but it became my job afterward when it started, you know, catching on with everyone, the company and people started taking notice. So whatever creative steps you do and whatever creative things you do to get your show better or get noticed, that's now part of your job. It's never written in your contract. It's never written in your uh, in like a, an email or whatever. That's just part of your job and management expects you to do that. And if you don't do it, they're going to ask you why you're not doing that because you got to break your back and produce content. So that this is really interesting. So when it comes to evaluations, you know, every job is supposed to have some type of evaluation period. Yep. You know, hopefully that that includes a raise yep. or at least uh, some type of discussion on what you need to do to improve upon your position, which may explain why you don't get a raise. So in those discussions where, where these extra things that weren't initially part of the job description, were they brought up or did you feel oh, like yeah, they you absolutely were. by that? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no, no, they absolutely are. So evaluations, at least in the broadcasting, at least at Sirius, I can only you know talk about my experiences at Sirius. Um, and from who I talk to that work elsewhere, they, they have almost relatively the same kind of feel about this, which is evaluations are the most real conversations you have with your direct superior. Um, they list you the things that they like that you that you did the previous year they list the things that they want you to improve on and they usually give you a bump in raise i i could tell you personally full disclosure i started when i got to serious when i got full-time at serious i was around 42 a year when i first got full-time and started when at the time i got fired which is i want to say about three, maybe three years after that, I was at 49. So in three years, I bumped up almost maybe seven, 8,000 in, in total salary. So that, that that's me personally. Other people, I'm sure if you are viewed more valuable in the eyes of the company, you probably get more, more of a pay bump. But that was just my personal experience. I never went above 50,000 a year. The YouTube channel for Busted Open Radio. You were involved in that. Um, did they have a YouTube channel before you? They did. A former producer uh, had it, and uh, before his you know, dismissal of, of of the show, uh, before he was removed, um, he ran it. But it was mostly just like you know, uh, cell phone videos, maybe a GoPro once in a while. Like it, it was just really badly shot. The, the, the shots weren't re- weren't well lit. 
but it gave people of the show, it gave the fans of the show a chance to see behind the scenes. They got a chance to see LaGreca and uh, and Doug Mortman doing their thing. And people loved seeing that. And for some reason, Sirius never bit bit on that apple until, you know, right at the time when when I got dismissed. So th- a lot of people filmed YouTube videos and put it up on their uh, on their YouTube page. And Sirius never really cared about it. So this former producer started the YouTube page. They started, uh, you know, getting a few subscribers and then. He got dismissed, and then the the channel sat there for a few years, not just not getting updated because no one was using it. And then one time, I, I'll never forget this meeting. We I was in with the other producers and uh, the other sports uh, sports producers. So we had uh, APs and producers from NFL Radio, all sports, in one room, and it was one of these really annoying, really long PowerPoint presentations of how we need to do radio because that's one thing that. The, the big cats would always try to enforce on us is you don't you're not doing radio properly, even though your phone lines are always lit up and you're always getting interactions. You don't know how to do radio properly. So we want you to do reads at every quarter hour, blah, 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 blah. They're like, all right, all right, whatever. And then the opportunity came up where they're like, what can we do to further engage audience members? And I immediately was like, we need video. We app, we need video. We need video of the studio. We need video of the guests in studio. and who wouldn't like seeing LaGreca doing his rant and throwing his fist in the air because the, the, the people who listen to the show don't see LaGreca doing his rant and how red his face gets and how hysterical he gets when, when he gets when he's really pissed off. So I'm like, we need video of this. The people want to see this. I, I volunteer as tribute. Let me let me do this. And they're like, OK, do it. And the YouTube page of Busted Open had maybe 5,000 subs at the time when I took over. And I, I ran with it to, to the point where at the time of my firing, it had 62,000 in less than, I want to say, two and a half years, maybe two years I, I was running it. And um, it's, it's funny. I, I checked it just the other day. It has almost 73,000 now. So in, in the three years of not being updated, not promoted, it gained another 12,000 subs. So I'm like, <laughs> they, uh, they had a gold mine with this thing because of all of the algorithm uh, manipulating I did to tr- try to get like as much people to follow as possible. And at the end of every video, I put a link to get the free trial for SiriusXM and the link to subscribe. So there is no doubt in my mind that Busted Open, I, I maybe... Maybe it is my ego talking here, but maybe, uh, but I'm convinced that Busted Open grew the way it did online because of part of the reason is because of the work that I did with the YouTube page. So that's how I came into the uh, running of the YouTube page. So you were running the YouTube page and you're putting out some excellent content, just like you, you stated. I mean, this isn't an opinion. We could see the growth from the time that you took over the YouTube page to you know, the online presence of Busted Open and and what they chose to focus on, especially in in terms of digital. At some point, monetization came up in conversation, right? Yep. Well, the monetization came up because I suggested it. So, and this is where the, this is where I, in hindsight, I never should have gone through with this because this whole situation is shady from, from the get-go. So to tell the whole story, I'll try to, summarize it in in bullet points here so i was doing all the video work and doing stuff for luke thomas's youtube page and also now busted opens youtube page i'm running it and i'm going to bed at maybe 11 to one o'clock in the morning because i get home from work at six o'clock and i'm editing for like six six additional hours i'm editing youtube videos and putting everything together I go to my, I go to my uh, my boss, and I say, "Look, I'm doing all this extra work. I'm doing more than any AP on the channel, and quite frankly, any other AP in sports. They're all just board ops and audio fetchers. I'm doing video. I'm doing uh, social media marketing. I'm doing social media algorithm monetization here. I'm doing all of this. I I should get a little bump in salary. And every single time I brought up a raise, that I got no." 
I got no, I got empty promises and I got, sorry, there's nothing I can do. Uh, meanwhile, they gave Howard Stern another hundred million dollars, but they can't give me a raise. But, y- you know, um, and look, I'm I'm nowhere in, in comparison. Uh, I'm not I'm not in the least bit comparing myself to Howard Stern here. So but the 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 way that I saw it is if they're if the company is giving hundreds of millions of dollars to other shows, other people, blah, 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 they should be able to give a little bit, just a little bit extra to the people who are really grinding, trying to help make the company better. And that's the way I saw it. And enough times I heard no, I saw that a couple of other YouTube channels that are Sirius XM shows, they're monetized. Our Luke Thomas's YouTube channel was monetized. So I'm like, well, why don't I just monetize the busted open page? And my manager uh, essentially said, um, go for it. I got the okay on several different conversations. And this is where I, a contract should have been had, an email exchange should have been had, but I trusted my manager's word over anything else. So I monetize it, thinking that it would make a little bit of bucks here and there. I monetize it. I talk to uh, the the. I talk to Lagreca. I talk to Mets. I'm like, look, I'm doing all this video work, and if you guys want me to keep doing it, I'm going to monetize the channel because the company isn't going to give me an extra bump in salary. And they said verbatim, look, as far as we're concerned, whatever money you make with the videos, that's your work. You should be paid for the work that you're doing. So I got the blessing of Mets and LaGreca. I got the blessing from management. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to pull the trigger. I pull the trigger and it starts generating a little bit. Like I'm able to pay my car insurance bill. Like it was maybe a couple of extra, maybe a hundred so extra dollars a month. And then the video that really kicked into high gear was when Jericho came in after he signed with AEW. When Jericho came in and he did that video, I think it's like over 2 million views now. That made the channel get significantly more financially good. And it got to the point where after WrestleMania, I was going to uh, the 10-year anniversary party. I was going to have a meeting with the the show, my manager and all that saying, look, the video, uh, the YouTube page is making... It, it, I'm not going to say exactly how much, but like it was making a decent chunk of change. Let's just say that. And there are one or two months where it made enough where I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> it, it, it made, it made a lot of, it made a good chunk of change. So I was going to have a meeting and, uh, because everything's just so busy all the time. It's serious. It never really happened. And then Sirius rolled out their video app. They were going to install cameras in the studio. They were going to have an entire video production department, and they were going to do their own uh, thing on video, where if you want to see in-studio video, you got to subscribe to this other app that we're doing. And the ultimate goal with uh, the YouTube page was, uh, for those of you who listen to the show, they always joked about the Busted Open simulcast, the video simulcast for $9.99 a month to always joke around about, hey, we're going to compete with the WWE Network, which at the time was only $10. The The end game for the YouTube page was going to be the Busted Open Video Simulcast, where for a $9.99 uh, subscription, which all that funding would go directly to the hosts, um, you would be able to watch the show. I would get a percentage of the AdSense revenue, and then the rest of the funds would get split up to either the company, the 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 hosts, the adding new material for the show, funding trips, maybe uh, you know a staff dinner night out, whatever. There would be an entire separate business generated from this YouTube page, and I had everything planned out, ready to present, but it just the meeting just never happened. And then eventually, uh, I saw that YouTube pages from all over the company were you know stopping production, and they eventually asked my boss, uh, "What's the status with Bus Open's YouTube page?" and for I, I I still never got a direct answer why, but my boss decided to say, "Hey, uh, he's doing this on his own. Uh, I have no knowledge of this monetization." So then, of course, HR brings me in. I show 
monthly reports and of subscriber gains. You know, I show reports of everything. And nevertheless, that's how I was fired. That's that's essentially what, what happened with me. Talk to me about your co-workers there, because I mean, listen, you're, you're a production guy, but there are a lot of other personalities there that you're working with, people who depend on your quality of work in order for them to, to do their quality of work. What was the response from them? Did anyone go to bat for you and, and, and try to stick up for you and get your job back? I don't know. I can't honestly tell you that. Uh, the radio show business, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the entertainment industry is a cutthroat doggy dog world. And if you are in the, the doghouse with, with management HR, if you're in the hot seat, as far as a company goes, it's their, it's, it's their say. And if you want to go against it, you're guilt by association. Uh, there was an incident with, a lot of part-timers getting screwed out of hours and not being able to make enough to survive. And then uh, well, one of the people decided to, you know, make uh, make an issue known that, hey, there's some shady stuff going on with management and hours and pay and all this. And a lot of people were fired because of it. A lot of managers were fired. And this person uh, became an enemy in the eyes of the company. And they never got... And they never got to where they 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 wanted to go in the company, and they eventually just quit out of frustration, uh, because you're being forced to now work part time for the rest of your career. There, you can either be in a, in a lose lose scenario, or you can get out because there's always going to be someone on the corner who wants to take your job, because that's the way the the business works. But the people, I I don't know for sure if anyone went to bat for me. I never asked. I never cared because at the time when I got fired, I was just too pissed off to even care. Um, I got a couple of uh, empty. Oh, dude, so sorry. And that's the last I ever heard from them. So out of all the people I ever talked to at Sirius, I think I talked to maybe only two or three people now today. And even then, it's just like occasional. Hey, how you doing? How's things? So I don't really know for sure. I mean, it's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible to be told that. It's okay for you to do something and not only told it's okay, but be encouraged to do it because it is contributing to the team. It is growing the brand. Um, and because people felt that you were underpaid, you, you were allowed to monetize the channel on YouTube and then to turn around and, you know, not only be reprimanded, but have your job taken from you for something that was approved. I mean... It was that, approved, but here's how here's how here's how this company works. And I don't know if any other company works like this, but I this is how serious works. If if you are approved to do something, I can't I can tell you a, a laundry list of people who have had free hotels, free vacations, free like I can't tell you how many meals people have had on company dime when they should have reported it you know like uh, there are people everywhere that take advantage of company funding i never did that type of shit i i went to the, my boss i'm like look i don't make enough to survive here and if i'm doing all this work i should be paid for it and i got the okay and i will accept enough responsibility to to uh, to admit that at that time I should have had some form of written confirmation. I should have had some form of, you know, written consent from my boss saying, yes, I approve you to do this. And I know in hindsight, I should have done that from the start. And if I never got that, I never should have gone through with it in the first place because that if this turns into a he said, she said thing, you know, um, it's my word against my, my, my bosses and the company is always going to listen to the boss over the employee. So that's just the way that's just the way it works. I mean, that's it's heavy, man. It's it's heavy stuff. It, it's stuff that um, confuses me personally. You know, I, I would be very angry about this. Um, how did the way that you were let go affect your ability to continue to work in the industry as a whole? Well, to be honest, I haven't worked in the industry since. Um, there's. A- 
I mean, people joke about uh, people, uh, people, a serious joke about it, that there's like a, uh, that there's like a black book where if your name gets put in it, like everyone, the, the, the radio business, everyone knows everybody. So if you piss off the wrong person, that person can put your name out to everyone in every company and you'll never work again unless it's like in like, you know, uh, East Bumblefuck, Mississippi or something where it's like completely irrelevant. But like, I'm convinced that I will never work in broadcasting again. And I have over 600 rejection emails from employers in the, you know, radio broadcast entertainment business, whatever you want to call it saying, uh, you know, thank you for your application. Unfortunately, you don't meet our qualifications. Um, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I went into, I got my associates and I went directly to work for Sirius when I got my associates. So I didn't feel like I needed to finish my, my schooling uh, because five years of professional experience at Sirius XM, hey, that should lead me somewhere, you know, but uh, it, it never happened. And in a way, I'm kind of glad it never happened because I wouldn't have the good things I have in my life now if I did get another job in, in New York. I wouldn't have met my girlfriend. I wouldn't have found a newfound uh, sense of self-respect for myself professionally. I wouldn't have gotten over a lot of issues that I was going through personally, like in the in the midst of all this. So in a way, I'm kind of glad that I got rejected all those times. And I'm kind of glad that I never got work again from that. But if you're saying, do I miss it? <clears throat> Sorry. Absolutely. I mean, it's just wild, man. It's wild. And again, you know, when, when we see the growth of Busted Open, to know that you had so much to do with that from the production and the digital side, and to think that you were just tossed away the way that you were, it's pretty rotten. It's pretty rotten. It's pretty disappointing. And I'm not the only one. And um, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm oh. not going to, I'm not going to bring names into it, obviously. I, I'm obviously not going to, you know, name drop anyone, but. I will say this. Um, the only person on Busted Open who has ever left the show voluntarily on their own for greater pasture is Alex Metz. Everyone else has been removed for certain circumstances. That's all I'm going to say. It's not just me. It doesn't take that much to uh, terrible. see where, where the breadcrumbs lead to. It doesn't take much to figure out where the breadcrumbs lead to. And uh, thankfully, there is a new person in charge running Fight Nation. So hopefully things will be better. And that's all I'm going to say as far as like uh, talking about my former manager. Chris, do you have any advice for anybody else who is going through or has gone through something similar that you have? Because, I mean, look, man, we, we live in a society today where, you know, jobs are, are pretty tough out there. And, you know, for for better or for worse, there's a lot of transitioning happening all over the nation, really all over the world. You've managed to to get through it and land on your feet and come out even better today than you were back then. What advice do you have for others um, who are going through their process in their own way? It's tough, man. I mean, I don't want to say that, uh, you know, I my skills and my talent got me through anything. Um I, I'm doing real estate photography now because my landlord happened to know a realtor that needed a photographer. And I happened to have the camera that I invested when I was at Sirius. So I had the tools already. Um, I was already working with bands and musicians. So I naturally found like my, my girlfriend's roommate has a media production company that I'm working with now doing live events and doing sound for them. And I recorded a band that happened to the, the the singer happened to work at the venue that I work at at night. So like I have I'm blessed with the the a lot of right place, right time circumstances with what I do now. And I'm letting my skills, you know, back up, you know, my, my claims that, yeah, I can do this job. No problem. And it's earning my 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 keep at everywhere I work now. So I, I, I don't want to say that like I magically pulled myself out. There's a lot of right place, right time circumstance that happened with me personally. But at the time when everything was falling apart, I was going through a really rough breakup at, at the same time that I was going through my firing at Sirius. I was going through 
uh, the fact that my brother cut me out of his life and I haven't spoken to him in since. So it's been over three years now since I spoke to him. I was going through three major events at once and I contemplated, uh, I contemplated ending my life. I was not showering. I was not bathing. I was writing out my unemployment, uh, for the six months of unemployment I had. It's just not doing anything. Uh, my place looked like one of those houses at Hoarders. Uh, like I, I, did, I was not taking care of myself. I got low. A lot of people that I thought were my friends at Sirius turned out to not be friends at all. And I've heard the the phrase, I can't be happy in my life if you're in it enough times that I believe that I was a black sheep to everyone else's happiness. So I was I could not be any lower <laughs> in, in 2019 than than I was. But eventually I started just I decided to finally take the first step and get out of the house. Uh, there is about a week and a half or so where I did not leave my house. I, and I, and I can remember maybe showering one of those days. Like I was, I was a disgusting mess. And then one day it was really nice out. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to the beach at night and take photos because it, it was a new moon that night. And I wanted to take a photo of the Milky way, uh, just to say, Hey, I took a photo of the Milky way. So I drove down to the beach and I, I took the photos. I, and I just fell in love with, doing a lot of photography. I was like, I, I don't know if this is good or not, but I enjoy doing it. And that kickstarted a lot of random trips down to the Jersey shore in the summer. And, you know, with the windows down and me being a 56 year old man, listening to yacht rock, uh, you know, all the way down to my boy, Michael McDonald. Uh, it, it, it got me thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I can I find a way to do this. So I, I clean. I came home. I spent one whole weekend of just gutting my place and cleaning it and getting it back to you know where it was. And then I got my first job after Sirius, which was a photographer for a family of auto dealerships. I mean, really uh, jumping down the, the totem pole here. Um, I was doing that, and then COVID hit. Three months later into the job, COVID hit. It, uh, it my job was deemed non essential. I couldn't work. So then I had about three months left of unemployment from the state of New York. I tried to reaccess those unemployment funds. I got denied because they said you found a job. I tried to contact New Jersey for unemployment. They said you haven't worked in Jersey in five years, so we're not going to give you unemployment. Then I tried to apply for a couple of uh, you know grants for, for the, I, I guess, um, uh, the federal government at the time had some benefits that they wanted to give out got denied for that. So I was uh, miserable again. I was broke and I and the bills kept coming in. So that's when my landlord said, um, my friend is a realtor and is looking for a photographer. And that's how I got started with real estate. Uh, he started paying me pretty decently. I was able to pay my bills. I had I maxed out all my credit cards to survive the like six months I wasn't working. So I had a mountain of debt to climb. I was really terrified that I was going to be in this never-ending cycle. So I guess to get to the whole point of this was I got, instead of getting angry at what happened and got angry at my situation, I got angry at myself for not doing anything. And that's what really snapped me back into place. Like I, I one day... I had I was getting a Grizzly Adams looking beard. I didn't shave for almost two months, and I was looking at myself in the mirror, looking miserable. Like I I saw like crumbs of food in my beard still. Like I was I looked at myself and I just got angry at how disgusting I looked in in my reflection, and that's what kickstarted the motivation to get my shit together, clean up, and just get back out there working. No matter what it was, no matter what I was doing, I got back out working. I went back to working part-time at at the local pizzeria, just doing whatever I need to do to get money in my pocket. And then real estate photography started to kick off. So I quit, you know, making pizzas and I got back to doing uh real estate photography full time. And that's what led to working with more bands. That's what led to what I do today. And then one day I was I I was, you know, thinking I'm finally ready to move on emotionally and find someone else. One day when I I 
found my girlfriend on a dating website and we clicked and this woman has sparked so much motivation in me to do better than I did yesterday that I don't think I would be where I am today if it, if it isn't for her. I know that's a cliche cop out, but like I would not be where I am today if it isn't for her. And I, but what really started for me, and I guess my only advice to that I could give is if you're feeling really down and you're feeling really low and you're feeling like your entire life is being ripped away from you or has been ripped away from you in the first place, realize that again, I know this is probably cliche, but like it's temporary. If you're going to feel, if, if you let it, if you let something temporary be the norm, that's, then you're done. You're going to be, you're going to be dead in the water right there. You're never going to, you're never going to move on. Don't get me wrong. I still get, I still to this day, if I think long enough about Sirius and what happened with me, I still get pretty angry about it because I had my dream job and it was ripped away from me because people were untrustworthy. I, I still get angry. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm as happy as can be. There are still things that still get to me. There are still two sides of my brain that still like, you know, you would go back to Sirius or broadcasting if it ever called you. But then again, you wouldn't have the career you have now. You wouldn't have a lot of like it's that back and forth in my head all the time. And what keeps me going is looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you know what? You can do better today than you did yesterday. And yesterday morning when I woke up, I didn't know how the day was going to go. And I ended up photographing and uh, filming two multi-million dollar homes. And I made close to $1,400 cash yesterday when $1,400 was, was my two-week pay at Sirius. I made more in one day than I did in two weeks at Sirius. So it's like I have days like that and I feel good about what I have. And I surrounded myself with people who actually did support me. So all the people that never reached out to me after Sirius, I, I emotionally cut them out. I was like, you know what? You're not here for me now at my worst. So if you ever do reach out when I get to be in my best again, I don't want you in there. So there's a core list of people that I have in my life now that helped me get to where I am now. So yeah, I, I guess I, I know I've been rambling a little bit here, but that's that's the only advice I would give. So the best way people can catch up with me and stay in touch, uh, my Twitter account is Hams Gruber, and my Instagram account is Chris Hamill Photo. If you want to check out all of the uh, dopey sunset pictures I take and uh, a couple of the real estate listings I do, I know I'm selling myself great here. Uh, you can check out my Instagram, Chris Hamill Photo. Uh, that The links to my website are there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Hams Gruber. Hey, my name is Zach Selwyn. I am the host of Parking Lot Payday on Access TV, and I'm listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Folks, as always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>